Hi, and welcome to another edition of Trans Talks with me, Branwen Munn. In this episode, I talked to the delightful Kayla, who is from Canada, and we talked a little bit about what life is like for her as a trans woman in Canada, how sometimes inclusion in the workplace can be difficult when the management aren't supporting you in ways that you would maybe like them to. We also talked about the sometimes very slow process of changing legal documents. And we talked about earrings, many, many earrings. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi, Kayla. It's so good to meet you online. I was going to say in person, but, you know, in these days, what's the difference? How are you doing? I'm doing quite well. Uh, What about you? I'm not too bad, thanks. Um, I'm still struggling with the whole time difference thing. My brain doesn't know whether it's morning or afternoon, but that's just what happens when you live in the back end of nowhere and never go outside your house these days. Um, Okay, I don't know very much about you, so I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself to me, and by way of me, you can also introduce yourself to the listeners. So, Kayla, tell me a little bit about like what you love, what you like doing, um, what you're doing at the moment in life. Um, share whatever you want to or don't want, and don't share whatever you don't want to. <laughs> um, so right now I am 23. I am a student and a young professional. So right now I'm just kind of have one of those dead end jobs. I'm working as a butcher at a local grocery store chain. A butcher. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Yeah, so you can you can call me a girl who knows her way around a piece of meat, I guess. <laughs> and in the meantime, um, I'm completing some post-secondary schooling. I'm completing my undergraduate degree at the University of Ottawa here in Ottawa, where I live. I'm completing a bachelor's of music uh, in voice, so basically opera singing or what people call classical singing, but. Wow. Normally when I say opera singing, people understand better. Yeah, yeah. I'm also doing some courses at our local college. I'm doing a certificate of aesthetics. I want to specialize in makeup, doing stage and special effects makeup, Mm -hmm. as well as I'm doing work in fundraising and donor management there at the college as well, because I realized that maybe classical music performing isn't for me. And I realized that I can still thrive doing administrative work and still make these special events happen. That's cool. That's super cool. Wow, you do so many different things. I have to say, going back to the makeup thing, like every picture I've seen you on Facebook of you, you are just flawless. So thank you so much. I'm not wearing anything right now, so no, you just have a special occasion for you because (laughs) hardly anyone sees me without makeup. Wow, I have to say, you look as beautiful without as with. Um, Well, thank you so much. Excellent. Um, Thank you very much. That is amazing. Okay, so this this podcast um, is about trans identities. I'm interviewing or talking with um, people with a range of different gender identities. So can you describe what is your gender identity and kind of like, do you fit into a particular bracket? Like I'd say I'm a trans woman, you know? Yeah, yeah, I can say the same, like a trans woman or a woman. Yeah. And, you know, I'm 
I'm quite happy with that. I'm quite happy to be a woman and I don't find there's anything else I want to change. I mean, I know some people that want to like challenge the gender binary in their identity as a woman or a man, but I'm, I'm quite happy to be a stereotypical woman. Yeah. yeah. The question of trans woman versus woman is very interesting. Um, and I think for years I would have always said woman, but I've started to like find myself using trans women in a kind of almost like an activism way mm -hmm. as if to say, yeah, I'm here, you know, I'm a trans woman, but I know not all trans women are comfortable with mm. that and would rather just be referred to as a woman. Woman, But hey, that's what this podcast is about. Um, okay, let's, uh, do you mind if I ask you a bit about your like transition and your kind of Go for journey it. through? So different people that I've spoken to lately have spoken about like that defining moment or when you press the button or when you realize like something tells you, okay, yeah, this is what I am. Maybe I've always known this. Maybe I've kind of been hiding it, whatever it is. Um, but there you get to a point where you know you can't carry on as you are. Like how long ago was that for you? Well, I changed, I changed my name publicly in all spaces of my life just over two years ago. So a relatively short amount of time. Yeah. Um, before that, I guess it was about six months or so leading up to it that I started changing my name and asking people to refer to me differently in specific smaller spaces. Some friends, it was, you know, maybe six or eight months prior to that. And I know at work, it was, I think about three months before I came out publicly, but I felt like I was supported well at work during that time. So yeah. It felt appropriate. Is that at the grocery store? Yeah, I, I wouldn't feel that way now. But at that time with, with the management and leadership that we had, I, f I felt comfortable. I definitely made the right choice at the time. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely unfortunate that support has changed for the worse. And that if someone was wanting to do the same, they probably wouldn't be able to feel comfortable in that area. Wow. Is it, is it like a chain of stores or is it, it just is like a... It is a chain. It's one of Canada's largest chains of grocers wow. across the world. Yeah. So, And do you think that, that kind of lack of um, like acceptance or like support that you feel there might be where you are, do you think that's like a kind of across their whole franchise or is it, do you think it's just like in your store? I think it's just a more localized thing, maybe within my store. Yeah. Um, it would be, it would be nice if, if it was the same across the company, like for the better, but I, I can't speak too much, but I, I think it just has to do more with the, the particular of, you know, who's running the ship. Yeah. But yeah. I, I will say they have some really great, uh, like corporate inclusion um, papers and packages that I've seen, which is fantastic. So that leads me, that leads me to believe that it is just a more localized thing that people feel devalued on a more personal level. Yeah. I mean, I think like where we are at the moment and I know it's going to be different and I'm interested in hearing later on in the conversation about how things are in Canada compared to here that like um we're still in a place where 
large bodies like government bodies or you know big corporations and so on have an infrastructure for inclusion of um you know people of different genders or different gender identities um as they would with you know people of all different backgrounds and and so on um and i'm hoping that like those kind of infrastructures stay in place uh like we'll see what happens but obviously a lot is changing in the world the last year or so so um you picked a great time to transition right what a perfect uh perfect time to jump on board (laughs) so would you say i mean um how do you feel about your transition do you feel like you're at the end near the end in the middle somewhere still only just setting out it's so difficult like everybody has a different journey and feel about this but well i'm i'm probably just in the middle i mean a couple years in i i can't even really expect that i've uh I've had the full effect of my hormone replacement therapy yet. So even with that, I mean, you can't really measure where that finalizes, but I'd, I'd consider that I'm probably in the middle. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I, I feel like I'm still <laughs> somewhere, not in the middle necessarily, but 17 years in, Certainly the HRT thing is weird. I'm still noticing things mm. now. Like I've been on HRT since 2007 and well, yeah, yes, 16 years. And I'm still like some days I'm like, oh, right, that's different. And I know everybody's body changes as you get older, but I think the longer you're on HRT, the more you're kind of in tune with the changes it's making to your body, to like your skin texture and like the fat distribution and all of those things. So it is, I mean, obviously I don't have the same changes that I had in when I was two years in. And yeah, like every day it was like, well, this is all new. <laughs> yeah. It's that It was definitely that at the start. It was like an everyday. It was like, this is new, that's new, and that's changed, yeah. that's gone, or that's there. I kind of love that period, because I think you'd kind of got over some of the worst hurdles to get to that point, and that was a real... It was a like, real nice relief to know that, yeah. that, you know, you didn't just have to wait six months or wait a year for something, you could just kind of have something. I'm, I'm sure everyone notices at least something minimal within a week. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, definitely. How have you found getting to this point? You know, like, um, I don't know anything about healthcare where you are at all. Um, we're very ignorant over here. Well, that's in okay. The UK. Well, I don't know anything about the UK healthcare, really. So <laughs> I guess even Stephen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, how has it been transitioning? Like, not just about medical things, but like about um, like your societal kind of transition um you know apart from work how has it been with like people in your community um like friends and you know that kind of thing yeah well societally i had i had some really good supports i had some great friends at the time who were incredibly helpful i found even when i started uh changing my name and that over at university they had really great policies and procedures in place to make sure that was taken care of swiftly and effectively and brilliant anything that wasn't wasn't really up to par or i guess even some things weren't legal (laughs) where yeah i remember i had this terrible experience it was over six months of contacting different arguments to get 
my name changed on this calendar room booking system. And that, that took a very long time, but I mean, you know, not once did someone say, no, we can't do this. Yeah. But people would come back and say, we're not sure how, (laughs) and they never said we can't do this. They knew it had to be done, which, you know, that's one thing in itself. Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. I mean, I remember having like going into the bank and, and the person on the computer just looking at me of like I don't know what to put in this box how does this work yeah um and car insurance I think they've probably got this sorted now but back then I left my insurer because they would not change my gender marker on my car insurance Hmm. I don't know like I think at the time there were different insurance premiums for men and women um, because women are safer drivers. But consequently, even though I had my like passport changed and everything else, but I, I couldn't get my birth certificate changed because I was born in Australia and it's just mm. too complicated and I've still not done that. Um, but they just wouldn't do that switch because they said it kind of compromised the insurance policy, which was a nightmare and so I then switched insurers and then I'm still thinking okay this new insurer has done it because they didn't know me before Mm -hmm. um but does that mean I'm legally insured and I know what you were saying about like semi-legally and how we have this little period where we have to kind of ride (laughs) ride the waves under the radar (laughs) Yeah, yeah and just hope because like you say it's not that that places won't make the changes or accommodate you it's just that paperwork and red tape and like procedure takes time and you know you're racing forward in your transition and because you know (laughs) this is your kind of relief as you mentioned earlier and that kind of like I'm here and I want to be here now fully me um but yeah the, the the kind of paperwork pulls along behind you yeah exactly and the thing is it's it's not that hard or it's not like similar things haven't been done. Like even when I filed my taxes last year after I changed my name, I I was paying someone to do my taxes at that time. And so I, yeah, I told her I like, she was fully supportive, but she said, I'm not too sure how to change the name. There's a form I can fill out for a change of last name. So for marriage, but I'm not sure how to change a first name. But she filed manually instead of digitally, and then that worked out. But that's good. You know, it's just probably took longer. It took a little bit longer, but not not that bad. And that's the thing is, I mean, something's already in place for the last name. It just has to be implemented for the first name. Yeah, Yeah, that's just what over maybe you know five or eight or twenty years behind. (laughs) Yeah. Do they have a, like, I don't know whether you have an equivalent there. In the UK, we currently have what's called a gender recognition certificate that um, started in 2010, I think. And you have to, like, apply. And it's quite laborious. You have to, like, get a doctor's note and you have to get um, a a second, like, therapy kind of signature thing and you have to like declare in front of a justice of the peace or somebody official like that fill out a massive form pay some money it's like a whole thing but then at the end you get a piece of paper that says yes you are now legally the gender you are living as you know legally female in my case and do they have an equivalent where you are i 
I suppose they do. I mean, it's been, it's already been a couple of years since I filled out those forms. <laughs> um, I remember I had to fill out a change of name form and a change of sex designation form. I don't think it was as laborious. No. I definitely did have to get a medical note and fill out maybe 10 pages of paperwork. But yeah, I mean, for, for government paperwork, it's not really that bad. Not, yeah, not too <laughs> yeah. bad. Probably a lot of skipping boxes mm -hmm. that don't mean anything. And I think for that one, I think I had to pay about maybe $80 or so. That's similar to here, I think. Um, there's been a lot of talk about it here. I don't know if you'd have heard about it on the news, but Scotland has... Um, they tried to make it easier. Yeah, yeah, simplify it. And obviously there's uproar because, you know, that makes it easy for men to pretend to be women and go into women-only spaces and blah, 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 which is not exactly what this whole thing is supposed to be about. But that's what they make it about. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of a good way of demonizing, like, which I have no idea. Um, and actually, I was going to ask you, like, I'm uh, at the moment, I'm struggling with the news every day. Like, there is so many days in the UK where you look in a newspaper on a news website, <laughs> newspaper, listen to me, 50 years old, and like, there'll be a headline somewhere in the, you know, top 10 headlines about something to do with trans issues and it's usually worded in a very anti-trans kind of a way or a subliminally anti-trans kind of way that's not fair it depends what outlet you're looking at um, and I also feel this is happening in the United States obviously there's different things going on over here it's very much a political thing whereas in the US I feel it's there's a lot of religion involved although it is also a political thing what's it like in Canada at the moment is there like a climate of it or is it okay i mean well i i could be wrong and i could just be ignorant but within canada i don't i don't see that going on but we definitely hear a lot of the the news going on in the states yeah and to a lesser extent uh with you characters across the pond <laughs> but uh, god help us <laughs> but yeah, we hear a lot of what's going on in the States. Um, my partner follows the news quite closely, and it, it just absolutely crushes them every time they scroll Twitter or read whatever they read for the news. And then I remember there's always like a grunt or a groan, and then I get the latest update about, you know, what Texas is doing or, yeah. you know, what the king stamped at. No Scotland for that bill or whatever it was. And then we were just yeah, like, totally. oh my God. Yeah, yeah. It's a daily chore. It really is. Um, yeah. Me and my mum often have conversations over breakfast. I live with my parents. And mum um, and I, we, we have a conversation about the morning and blah, blah, blah. But it's almost impossible to not say, oh, this is now happening. Oh, this politician has just said this or mm -hmm. J.K. Rowling has just said this. So, you know, it's like there's this constant kind of thing which I didn't have. I mean, like for the first 10 years after I trans started transitioning, it was fine. I was just like living my life happily, you know, exploring the world as my new, you know, not my new identity, but my kind of newly presenting identity. And then suddenly... Mm. 
um, things will change. And it's been, I don't know where it's going quite. Yeah, I feel that there's like a, a dehumanizing thing going on um, about us in certainly in the UK and the US. Um, and it feels like the news is all about us as a as an entity rather than us as people. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what this is about, trying to just have conversations and find out about each other. And so, I mean, with that all that in mind, do you like mostly feel safe where you are? Like are you, you're in a city. Are you in? I am in a city. I'm in the capital city of Canada right now. Yeah. And I moved here five years ago. I, I think I'll stay here unless something majorly changes. But I, I quite like it here. I don't feel I don't feel a lot of risk personally. I'm sure some friends or you know other community members might feel differently, but that's just an experience person to person. But I I personally don't feel a lot of risk. I mean sure there are protests and sure there is negativity. There's there's some stuff going around locally right now about the like drag queen brunches and reading to kids and that but I guess that sort of touches on us I mean there's no sense to really to really ignore it because you know once they target drag queens they'll just you know target people living their everyday lives yeah that's true which is us and you know for for a large part of it they don't really see us as different than drag queens <laughs> i mean from a safety point of view i can see that you would feel safe you in the old days we used to call it passing mm-hmm. we still call it that here at least that's cool <laughs> at least i don't feel too dinosaur about that but like yeah i mean you you clearly pass oh, um, thank you like, so much and nobody would nobody would kind of yes you passed the test congratulations i passed the test <laughs> and do i get a prize <laughs> uh, i know I know that a lot of people in the like trans umbrella community are trying to like get rid of that term generally because it does make it feel like we've got to live up to some like predetermined standard, whatever that is. I mean, it's ridiculous. But like in terms of society and out and about, I could see that you would, you know, you're not going to be um, at risk. I guess there's kind of more of a the kind of focus of that, like the safety thing, is possibly moved more on to people who are elsewhere in the trans spectrum, um, people who are non-binary or agender or like gender fluid, perhaps in the way that they present. Um, I've always felt that I kind of pass until I speak, and then I've never managed to. My voice is just—I don't know what happened to my voice. Too many years. That's okay. I think you sound terrific. Thank you, but it's—it's. It's, yeah, I feel that the pressure and the the kind of um, complications in society have like moved slightly off of us because of the fact that there's kind of a rise in people who don't identify with the binary and people in society are finding that challenging. Um, and yeah, the, the, yeah, the drag queen thing, just going back to that, actually, that is really interesting because I've been so fed up with the fact that RuPaul's Drag Race has become one of the most watched shows over here. Um, I can't believe it. You know, 15 years ago, who would have thought like that this would happen? Yeah, who would have thought? Even yeah, 10 years ago, 8 years ago, I would have said there's no way. Yeah, there's a, it's a very recent phenomenon that that has become this exploded, like hugely popular TV show. And while that's happening, we're having 
like these kind of conversations that show drag queens in a really awful light so they're kind of dangerous and which is absolutely ridiculous they're performers you know it's yeah there's there's not really any proof of that or if there is i'd love to see it yeah and similarly with trans women generally that like in a parallel Mm. way i think we're kind of being framed as being potentially dangerous to to women or children or whatever which i mean like you say (laughs) show us the evidence please um and there may be evidence of five instances of that there's bound to be some (laughs) trans people out there who are a bit shady but like what about the other half a million exactly yeah yeah what about the rest of us like the vast 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 majority of us that are just living our lives and aren't changing our names to evade crime or aren't dressing differently just to pee in a different toilet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is that thing. We were talking about passing earlier on and, like, it's a bit of a topic that most most cis people wouldn't have to have a conversation about. But um, when I go out, if I know I'm likely to need to use public bathrooms, I feel this kind of need to make more effort with my presentation. Mm. Um, I mean, fortunately, I've never had any bad experiences. And every time I've been to a public bathroom, any women that I've seen have always been really, like, lovely and friendly. And, yeah, we just want to pee, you yeah. know? Girl got to piss, you know? <laughs> it happens to us all. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, like you're saying about having to change some of the changes that we've had to make to ourselves um, and trying to do it all legally, Um I don't know if you've noticed that thing of, like, I feel because of the climate at the moment, I feel like I've got to kind of be absolutely pure in my the way that I am and that I'm not allowed to behave in any, like, unpleasant way. I've always got to be polite and generous and all, like, be an absolute wonderful human being. Well, aren't you just an absolute angel? Well, of course. <laughs> But you know, you know that we don't, you know, there are times in our lives where we might swear or get a little bit drunk or whatever. And yeah, like, why not? Um, that's, that's what makes it fun. <laughs> that's what people do. But I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I feel like I've got to live this kind of perfect presentation um, to, because I feel that if I give an inch, that someone's going to like say, ah, See, trans people, they're evil, you know. They're faking, we saw it, we caught you. (laughs) Because I said the F word or, you know, got angry online or (laughs) it feels exhausting. Um, It almost feels a little bit performative. Yeah. Like you you can't fully be yourself because of that barrier of... Of just how yeah how dramatically people perceive perceive us these days yeah there's definitely a lot to consider yeah yeah there certainly is um I wanted to ask you about um because we've been talking a lot about how, how difficult things can be for us at the moment um unnecessarily maybe um I've seen this term trans joy around the place a little bit online um, in different like community areas that I kind of hang out online. Um, And I really love the concept of trans joy. Um, I did a piece of theatre quite recently that was, it was called Queer Way and it was about all different aspects of queer community. Um, It was a musical. So there were songs like sung 
by different characters. There were only four four members of the cast, and they played all different characters. It was really beautifully like mm. created. Cool. Um, and there was a lot of talk about trans joy during the creation of that. Um, do, have, have you heard the term before trans joy? Have you come across that? I I don't think I have, but I think that's such a great term to have, and I think I think I'm going to try to use that more. Definitely. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot. Yeah, go for it. And say what do you think? How would you define trans joy? What gives you joy as a trans person? Personally? Yeah, because it means some, I'm sure it means something for different for everybody. Like, yeah, what does it mean for you? I know you've not had a chance to think about this at all, so. That's okay. I can think about it right now. Brain's smoking and <laughs> wheels are turning. <laughs> I think it just means be, being able to be me and do what I want and look how I want to look. Like I, I am someone who definitely likes to look very hyper feminine at all times. And I think that's great that I can be in a time where, you know, I wasn't assigned female at birth, but I can, I can be a woman and, you know, I like to think I'm a good person. I'm not about causing trouble. I'm not, Yeah. I'm, I'm just in my own little bubble and, and I'm totally happy just living my life, but trying to be beautiful at the same time yeah one of the first things i did for my transition is i pierced my ears yeah i I thought that was just a fantastic thing to do Um, so are you into earrings then am i into earrings or am i into earrings yeah i am into earrings i have a huge collection and yeah if anyone has any earring recommendations um they they should tell me where to buy their favorite earrings, and I also expect donations of of, of earrings. gently used and gently loved earrings from friends and coworkers. They bring me their old earrings. So, do you have a lot of earrings? I I do have a lot of earrings. I really do have a lot of earrings. I'm trying right now to figure out how to sort them. Um, so right now, I've got a window screen. It's maybe three feet by five feet on on one wall, and I'm hanging them all from there. But since we're just moving into our new place, it's it's not quite finalized or I'd, I'd show you. But even though there's maybe 60 or 80 pairs on there, it still looks quite sad. But uh, I'm sure I could have a pair for each day. But I love, I love all different pairs. So hang on. You've got about like 60 on the wall, but you know you've probably got like three or four times that amount. Yeah. And you've given some away already. Yeah. I've maybe given 10, 15 pairs away. Just as I was packing and that, I I started thinking like, what do I want to bring with me? Or like, is this worth packing or putting the effort to move? Not just for earrings, but for other things, but largely for earrings. And then I gave them to some different people. Anyway, we're on a huge tangent talking about my ridiculous earring collection. <laughs> We love a collection. We love a collection. <laughs> so I did that two and a half years ago. I I think two and a half years ago. Yeah, fall of 2020. And I, I think it was no, November or so. And I remember, like, I was so excited to have my ears pierced because I had this story in my head of um, my mom and my sister. And when my sister was a little kid, like just a little baby, an infant, like not even a year old. Everyone, she was such a boxy little baby. Everyone thought she was a little baby boy. So my mom went and got my sister's ears pierced. So I, I thought, you know, like, well, that's a great, uh, 
great way to see someone that everyone thinks is a boy and really recognize them as a girl. So that I think that was kind of my start there. Yeah, like a symbolic, yeah, symbolic moment of yeah. So any, anyway, so I went and I got my earrings pierced. Why do I keep saying my earrings pierced? I went and I got <laughs> my ears pierced, and I was so excited. I thought that was just so amazing, and I was very happy. I mean, of course, my ears ached, but. It probably didn't help that I was also smiling, you know, pushing the sides of my face and my ears out, and my ears are aching more because of the smiles and then the piercings and, you know, the blood and the crusties and whatever else you, <laughs> there is. And <laughs> so since then, I've, I remember I was collecting a few earrings even from before I could change them. I had started accumulating. I remember some of my first ones, or I got a couple of gifts from some close friends. Um, I think a couple new pairs, but lots of lots of just ones that they didn't want, which is great as well. <laughs> I, I think that's I think that's when it started. Just my earring hoarding, but you know, there's worse things to hoard, or worse addictions to have. It's quite a wholesome hobby, you know, a wholesome yeah. addiction. Yeah, I mean, if people have walk-in closets for all their clothes, I can have a screen for my earrings, okay? Like, I don't think it should be yes. that terrible. <laughs> Hell yes. I think that's what brings me joy. Yeah, that sounds like a very joyful existence. And that makes me feel very happy. <laughs> oh, great. What brings you that joy? Um, I think meeting other trans people has brought me loads of joy in the last few years, um, which is a surprise to me. I mean, I think it is a bit of a product of the time. There's a sort of sense of solidarity, and I find joy in that solidarity. Um, I know when I first transitioned, I, I did meet a few trans people who were lovely. There's surprisingly a few in, in my local area at the time, even though it is very rural, very low populated. Um, we all live in villages and, you know, but I did find a few and it was really lovely to meet them. But I remember thinking to myself, that's fine, but I'm not, I don't feel like I'm going to go out of my way to meet other trans people or even any other queer people like from mm -hmm. the LGBTQ plus spectrum at all. I was just happy living like my life maybe because I've been here mm -hmm. for a while now and um definitely because there are troubling times you know happening and I just immediately that I meet somebody who's also trans wherever they fit under the the big umbrella the ever-expanding umbrella which is beautiful and full of colors um I just like I really love that kind of connection you know however distant it may be um I just, yeah, we've all shared something, mm -hmm. you know, um, somebody mentioned, I think I was in the first interview I did last week about this sort of glow or trans glow, which I love. It's like this mm -hmm. kind of light inside of us, um, starting to sound very spiritual, but it kind of, yeah, <laughs> there is something a bit like otherworldly about meeting other trans people. For me, that's how I find trans joy, I think, especially yes. enhanced by if we do some work, like creative work together. Um, that project I yeah. mentioned, that theatre show was like a dream piece of work to do. Like I just kept thinking, how did I get so lucky to be making music for this show that's like every time I go to the rehearsal, I meet these people and I'm just getting so much happiness. Shouldn't be allowed. <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely one thing. Like, I, d I do find a lot of joy in knowing that I'm not the only trans person around. Yeah. 
and being able to con connect with, other, with others that are trans. One thing I don't like, though, is when cis people assume that we'll all want to be friends or all want to talk because we are trans. <laughs> that is true, actually. Yeah, I think that stopped happening to me so much because I think most of That's my good. really... Really good cis friends around here. I've got some amazing, amazing allies, and I think they've kind of somehow picked Great. picked up on that because, yeah, <laughs> it's like, and it's also assuming that we all like the same things and mm -hmm. are similar in our way. And I very much don't. I very much don't. I don't like, you know, doing gaming or being online or all those things. Like, I really love makeup, fashion, being busy. Yeah. And it's very different than a lot of other lives of other people that I know or other people that I meet and see. And to just assume that we're all the same will all automatically be friends. Yeah. It's like, it's not that I don't want to be friends with people because they're trans. It's, you know, that I want the autonomy to choose my friends however, however I wish, not just because of a one defining factor of us. Thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me, Kayla. It's been really amazing to meet you and find out a bit more about you. Um, one day, I, it's my mission to come to Canada. It would be really lovely to meet you one, one day in person. Um, yeah, it would be lovely to meet you too. But for now, I really appreciate this. I know it's, you know, it's interesting times that we're living. And um, yeah, I think sharing some of our like experiences is a good positive thing and it's hopefully gonna you know help other people to understand our lives as trans people i hope so because that's that's one thing is just knowing that there's supports knowing that there's other people with similar experiences yeah. i didn't have that until i moved to ottawa and i was basically just starting from scratch i didn't even really know what it meant to be trans before i moved here five years ago wow so and it's just when I saw it and realized that there were other people like me and living happy and productive lives as themselves, then I, I realized that it's an option that I could have. And it's, it's been the best option of my life. <laughs> it's made you. It's made you. You are. Yes, you're so right. Excellent. Oh, it's been great to get to know you a little more as well. And Thank you so much for the opportunity to talk a little bit about myself. It's not every day someone, someone really cares. So this is such a great and unique experience that's, for me. That's wonderful. Uh, we'll talk to you again. Bye. Oh, you know it. <laughs> Bye. Oh, Kayla, you were such a joy to talk to. Thank you so much for taking part in this podcast. I hope you all enjoyed listening and don't forget if you follow the podcast on whatever platform you're listening then you'll get a notification to tell you when the next episode comes out. Until then, sending lots of love to you all. I'll be back soon with another edition of Trans Talks. <laughs>